most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Hello, everybody. This is Terry Foster here for the King and Foster Show. Actually, maybe we should rename this show the Slappy and Foster Show. And I'll, <laughs> I'll introduce you to the Slappy over here. Jimmy King of Fab Five fame. What's going on there, fella? What's happening? What's happening? You look good in That's that stamp shirt. Look, <laughs> you already look like, like, you got that look like, oh, man, where are we going today? Um, <laughs> We no, have had this me, I heard you call me the Slappy. You know I'm riding with I Detroit. <clears throat> and you know why? Detroit Lions. That's right. I'm riding with them all day you long. Are, you always riding with them. You're always defending them. Uh, <laughs> after this debacle Sunday, which we've seen over and over again, are you still a Slappy? <laughs> I am. That's just one bad play. I mean, he still had the opportunity to win the game. Of course, the receiver should have caught the ball in the end zone. In my opinion, um, it's game time. You're a professional. Like, that's 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 inexcusable. I think that's like pretty that, obvious. Yeah. I think everybody and their grandmother knew he should have caught that ball, but he didn't. That, right. That, but, that's the Lions, man. The man again, became lionized. Again. <laughs> right. It's, you know, everybody make mistakes, and it does seem to happen to the Lions more often than anybody and more consistently. But, um, it, it again, I mean, you can't throw the guy away for one bad play. He may, you may have no, learned from he may have learned from that mistake, or hopefully, he will learn from that mistake and he won't drop another pass or at least a touchdown pass the rest of the season. We can't well, later hope- on. I have a yeah, later on I have a professional athlete's question for you because um, I think every professional athlete has had a bad moment, a bad game, and how do you recover from that? And how should fans treat this guy? Because I, silly me, I think he should be criticized. You should say, you know, you should have caught that ball. What's up with you? But I also think that you should so show some compassion because that's your guy you're going to want him to do well down the road and um i don't think you should be angry at him you should be disappointed you should be angry with the situation and everything but why throw the guy away just say you know he's a bum i hate him and i i feel sorry for people who fail i don't excuse it but I kind of take a look, look and say, you know what? That's that's a bad break for that guy. And I feel bad for DeAndre Swift. He failed in the big moment, and uh, he didn't do it on purpose. I know he's paid millions of dollars, and he's got a high profile, and people think they're just spoiled athletes. But I do show some compassion for a guy like that. See, I my appreciate for that. You, I yes. knew you would. But my I, question I for you all right, my question for you is why do you keep sticking up for the Lions, believing in the Lions? And I'm not telling you don't be a fan. You should cheer them. You should be happy with their successes when they have them. 
why do you believe every year that this is going to be different? It's hope. We've seen a young relative nameless senator out of Chicago named Barack, Barack Obama become the president off of hope. People love hope. You sell hope. Without hope, what do you have? A lot of our foundations of religious beliefs are based on hope and faith. So we have to have the hope and faith in the players to be able to perform their jobs. And when they don't, just like in any other situation, when something happens to us and there is an explanation or no explanation for it, and we're told to trust on our or lean on our faith, it's the same thing. We have to believe in their ability to be able to make the play in the future. We, they, they always, always will make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Um, a lot of people uh, don't really step up in those moments. That's why we only have a few superstars or people who are, we consider clutch in moments. Um, it's very difficult to perform. Yeah, that, was, that was easy. That was an easy catch, though, man. That you know, you didn't have to be yeah, Jerry right. Rice to catch right, that. Right. Ball. Uh, and, and and so what I'm getting at is that that was so bad. That was so. You know, I bet you if you do that, if that play happens a hundred times, that doesn't happen two times. <laughs> it only happens maybe two, maybe two times, maybe. That's a that's a very everybody dreams, every player dreams of making those catches. So when you don't and something like that happens, um, you know, it's 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 tough. You really don't have an answer for it. If you ask uh, DeAndre Swift, what was going on? What, what was he thinking? What was he, you know, did he take his eye off the ball, whatever? I bet you he can't explain it. It's inexplicable, like I said, but it happens. But we can't give up on them. Sure they have to grow. They have to continue to get better and learn from their mistakes. It's early. All right. You, you know, you mentioned belief and you mentioned Barack Obama. Barack Obama had a game plan. Barack Obama was not a nincompoop. Barack Obama kind of had his shit together. My thing and the thing that's going to kill you all the time, the Lions don't have any of that. This is, I always say this, this has got to be one of the worst organizations in professional sports. And when I say they're the worst organization of professional sports Detroit fans get all outraged oh no don't say that about my team and then I say well name me somebody worse what's a worse organization than the Detroit Lions let's go to baseball the Detroit I Tigers <laughs> oh you mean the Detroit Tigers who won a World Series in 68 and 84 <laughs> No, 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 no. Are you talking about history? Well, hold on. Before history. I answer that question, before I answer that question, I can answer that question as far as football and your answer. My answer is not going to be popular. If you're looking for another team um, that you could point at, point to that uh, that doesn't live up to the billing, you can look at the Dallas Cowboys. 
They've had how, more how turnovers. How are the Dallas Cowboys worse than the Lions? No, I didn't say Lions. They're not worse, but they're comparable. They haven't won anything. They've won a couple playoff games, but but for what they hold themselves out to be, they haven't been successful since the mid-90s. And a lot of fans still act as if, you know, that moniker is America's team uh, means that they are actually good. No, that's just – that's it's almost like Michigan football. When's the last time Michigan football has won? And they talk about the history Whoa, of Michigan football. did you football. say Michigan football? But you're in Michigan football. How <laughs> yeah, can you say that? Because I, I know my audience. I know my audience. T. Foster is always going to jump no, no. on Michigan football. I, <laughs> I, do, I do not compare Michigan football with the Lions. Once upon a time, <laughs> Michigan actually used to win the Big Ten. Michigan used to be able to compete with Ohio State. At least they have a history. They had both. They have a national championship or co-national championship. There's no comparison between Michigan football and the Detroit Lions. And the okay. Detroit, and with the Cowboys, those are they they create false expectations. That doesn't mean they're incompetent. They're just you know mediocre, and they're trying to sell you on greatness. The Lions are um, bad, and they're trying to s- sell you on mediocrity. <laughs> same premise. <laughs> it's the same yeah, but thing. It's a step below, brother. <clears throat> okay, so so to yeah. answer your question about uh, the baseball team, that's that's uh, or, or a baseball organization that's comparable to the Lions, the Pit, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates have won may, way more than the Lions. Pittsburgh has challenged. Now, when was the last time Pittsburgh won? Huh? What's the last I mean, time they, they won a championship? Back in the day, they have they have Roberto Clemente, and they they, you know, they they've won stuff. That Lions was the seventies. Won anything under the Ford family? Here, here's where you're going to be just dis- you know I'm going to wipe that little shit eating grin off your face. Here's why: <laughs> the Lions have the Ford family running this thing, and uh, William Clay Ford Sr was a, a terrible owner, then, you know, I thought it'd be different with his wife, Martha Ford, because Martha Ford actually has a little fire in her. She'll, she'll tell your ass off, and she'll, she's not afraid to make chances, changes. But here's what scared me about Martha Ford. When they said, um, are you bringing uh, Quinn and Patricia back? She says, yes. What do they have to do to keep their job? I want them to be in playoff contention in December, that's all she asked for. That's and then for whatever reason, the the sports fans said, "Well, yeah, she's got a win now edict." No, she does not have a win now edict. She did not say that. She said, "I want you to be in playoff contention in December." You know what I would have said if if I was the owner, if they don't make the playoffs, they're fired. They're done <laughs> because nine and seven is not good enough. We heard that, right? True, I agree. That is what she said. Okay, or what the organization stands by by firing Jim Caldwell after a nine and seven season on the uptick. I believe that next year they were really going to make some headway, but uh, they took you know a step back with changing um, of of coaching the coaching staff, but. 
you know, with Quinn and Patricia, you know, how I would ask, how long do they have? I mean, <clears throat> if 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 the criteria is to be in playoff contention by uh, December, <laughs> how many years do they get to to achieve that goal? That would be my question. This year, if I'm in charge, if, That's if, you know, they could be looking at they could be looking at zero and four. If it's zero <laughs> and four, I've seen enough. Get their asses out of here, because you know zero and four is not going to equate to nine and seven. It's not going to equate to the playoffs. It's a bad organization. And here's what disappointed so me when Mark Ford made that statement. Do you know you would can you be one? six and six in December and you're in playoff contention? You can be five <laughs> and six or you can be six and seven or whatever. And technically, you're in playoff contention because that's the NFL. A well, bunch of bad teams have chances. Didn't the Eagles go to the playoffs last year with a – uh, eight and eight record. Yeah, but to me, that's not winning. That's not a a must win edict. That's a let's be mediocre. Let's just kind of. You have to start okay. somewhere. You can't it, look. Everybody, there's Baby a process. There's a, there's a. Do look at the Denver Nuggets. For the last four or five years, they put themselves in a position to beat the Clippers. That wasn't because of anything other than. They have t- taken their lumps and they have stuck together. So the culmination of that is what we see, which is considered an upset, but it's really not because Denver is really a number two seed. They've been a number two seed for the past three years. So that's not an upset. But again, throughout the course of the season or whatever, COVID, but I think they learned their lesson. They may have lost more games throughout this throughout the year to become a better team for the playoffs. And that's what we're watching. So sometimes it's, 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 you know, there are stepping stones. You have to take your time. You just can't jump from uh, destitute to Super Bowl or, you know, destitute to the playoffs. You, you have to make strides. Like they got to have winning seasons in the row. Um and then progress to winning a playoff game, then progress to winning a couple of playoff games. But that's how long it's been for the Lions. It's going to be a long process. But we're well, we keep changing regimes every two, three years. Matthew Stafford has had a, a different coach every two or three years. If he had a consistent some kind some kind of consistency, he could have been much better, in my opinion. But I okay. think that's that's, that's uh, the issue that we that we're facing. All right, but here 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 here's where your argument doesn't hold water. This has been a sixty year process, not six months, not eight months, not six yeah. years. We're talking about sixty years of well, stepping stones. You know what? That's Those what I'm saying. They got to start changing regimes so quickly lately. No, 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 like, no, no. They so, had Russ Thomas. Do you get rid of, they have let me ask you a question. Do you get, do you get rid of Patricia or do you get rid of Quinn or both? Both. Because, <clears throat> okay, I got news for you, brother. The New England thing doesn't work outside of New England. Um, 
you know, they they brought you know Mike Vrabel might be a, might be a uh, a difference maker, but here here's what here's why I didn't want Matt Patricia to be Lions coach. My head coach, I want him to be in a couple organizations at least. So you know, so you can see what what they do in New, New England. Maybe you can see what you do in Los Angeles. Bring in a guy that's seen multiple organizations, even if one of them was a failure. He, at least he knows two different ways to do things. He brings more to the table than a guy that rode the coattails of Bill Belichick. Well, we don't know until you know. And I think it was, you know, at the time, I think people were excited when they heard about uh, Quinn. And I think it was, you know, 50-50 with Patricia, um, particularly after the season the Lions had with Caldwell. Um, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't, it, you know, it, for what we've seen over the history of all sports, it just seems like everybody's retreaded. Um, everybody comes off a certain tree. Uh, I would like to see some fresh new blood, new ideas, um, because the problem when you try to duplicate something that is seemingly successful somewhere else, um, you don't always have the original parts. You don't always have uh, the original thoughts. You don't always have the original train of thought. Um, so there are some things that are kind of lost in translation. There's also, um, you know, you got to look at uh, the evaluation of the players, um, you know, uh, the day-to-day -day operations, you know, those things matter. You know, it's a difference when you walk into an organization and you know they're well-prepared and they're organized and uh, what's expected of you versus, you know, what or are you coming to an organization and um you know things are kind of just discombobulated or don't seem as 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 well put together as other organizations just natural your natural human <clears throat> um psyche and being you start to relax a little bit as well you start to think like things are expected of you like you you start letting little things slide and those little things become big the bigger things so um you know, there needs to be an evaluation. Again, every year as players get evaluated, the coaching staff should be the same way. And I will agree with you, T. Um, some coaches, they just don't have it. Some do. Some you can see it. Uh, I believe it's a field thing and only because if you're in the organization, you're working with that person, you get to see their habits and see how they work and the work ethic and what they're doing. And if you don't have that faith in them moving forward, then you cut you cut them and get rid of them. But if you do, you get the pieces to, to make them successful. You plug uh, a young mind out of the Rams organization or the uh, Saints organization or the Cowboys or whoever, the, or the Seahawks, whoever that young, you know, that's the identification that I think <clears throat> is underrated, um, but is, is, is big when um, you look at the big picture. And then when you start to break down the uh, the journey, 
at the end, you look at the executive team and then you always find out what moves they make. We don't always hear, you know, those aren't big story moves. You know, they're, they're not usually um, followed or written about. Like Yuseri in, in Toronto, um, he is a big factor in, in Toronto and their success. And now you have all these teams, you know, looking to pull him away from that organization to make sure or to see if he could do the same thing, um, bring that culture to uh, other organizations like the Knicks. So it's that's th- those are evaluations that take time. <clears throat> and also, um, I think is, is, is more of a, uh, a judgment call on the character of the person and their work ethic versus giving them um, or keep giving them the same opportunities and they continue to fail. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the Knicks as far as zation that's almost as bad as the Lions. Yes, they won championships in the 70s. Uh, yeah, they, they I were can't do it. But now I love, love, love Scotty P, the whole Knicks organization. I I got full faith and confidence in them. They just needed they need one more year. Yeah, ask Charles Oakley how he thinks they're going to do, man. But um, <laughs> but here's here's my issue with the Lions, and and why you're not going to be able to get much out of them. They're always chasing things that have already played out. For instance, when the West Coast offense came in, and then defenses started to figure out the West Coast offense, the Lions say, hey, guess what we're going to do? We're going to do a version of the West Coast offense called the Great Lakes offense. And guess what? Didn't work. Then when the San Francisco 49ers played out, they said, let's bring in their coach and their ideas, and that's going to work here. No, it didn't. Now now that New England is kind of playing out, Let's bring in their defensive coordinator who plays the softest defense in the whole world. Uh, I don't think the Lions have touched a quarterback in three years. <laughs> That's not working out either. Why Why can't I pick up the paper and read something that says, wow, the Lions have their own shit. They're doing their own thing. I, I never thought about this. Instead of bringing in things that have already played out that's already old and then saying, well, this is going to work here finally. But you said it yourself. You said it. You said it yourself. They, uh, they look for mediocrity for contentment. And I think a lot of times, well, it seems as if it's pacification for the fans and for the city to get those type of players. You got, you know, after all these years, you know, you finally go out and get AP, but that seems like, you know, like we're just talking about one of those moves where, um, you know, it's, it's too too little, too late. Hope, I mean, <clears throat> I'm hopeful that, that we could get, you know, something out of AP um, consistently throughout the year, but that's just an example of what we're talking about. Um, it, Here's my problem with AP. He had a nice first game, but old people get hurt. They get injured. They never play 16 games. And right now, AP looks good. You know, he's in great shape, but he's 37 years old. At some point, he'll break down during the season. You'll probably get him for 8 to 10 games. And uh, to me, that's not enough. Try to bring in somebody that's 
at least going to be there 12, 14 games, maybe even 16 games. How about that? So. Yeah, there was a lot of players out there. Um, Young man. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's the game is a young man's game, Um, particularly that position. That's one of the most brutal positions you could play in all the sports. So for AP to even be in the league uh, at 37 years old is an accomplishment uh, for that position. Um, Historically, we've always seen running backs, you know, they fall off, you know, in that late 20s, early 30s. Um, You know, AP is is somewhat of an anomaly, but, you know, because he'll have flashes in the pan, but, um, yeah, there's a concern about the consistency or – the longevity of someone with all those miles and, and, and at that age. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't want you to be a wiggle worm when I ask you this, all right? You got it? <laughs> the Lions could be staring at 0-4. At 0-4, do you get rid of Quinn Tertia? Do you get rid of Quinn? And Matt I don't Tertia. get rid of I don't know if I get rid of Quinn, but I get rid of Patricia. Because clearly he doesn't have the fault of the team. Okay. Sounds good to me. And and Quinn, you can say, what impact players does he have on this roster? I I will have to say that you got to give him, because he's made some good moves. He's made some good moves in the past. I will bring that to his attention and see how creative he could be in the next year to see if he could change that. I would bring right, it to we're his gonna attention. We're going to have Foster coming up. we got to take a little break here. We have actually two shows in one hour. Uh, people haven't listened for the first time. I'm going to tell you why you have to get rid of both of them when we come back on the King and Foster show. And also, how do we treat DeAndre Swift from this point forward? Coming up. Next on the King and Foster Show on NRM Streamcast, I'm Terry Foster, and there's the fabulous one, Jimmy King. Maybe he'll tell us the Fab Five story too when we come back. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> 